Welcome to the Leadership Practice Series, brought to you by Cambridge Leadership Associates. In this series, we'll embark on a journey through the essential practices of adaptive leadership, providing you with actionable insights and strategies to develop your leadership skill. We welcome you to join us as we explore the art of leadership, one practice at a time. Cambridge Leadership Associates is pleased to offer you this audio compendium of leadership practices. Wherever this audio cast finds you in your leadership journey, we hope you not only come away from this series with pragmatic, relevant, and highly leverageable tools to support your work as an agent of change, but that you also cultivate a mindset of practice, whereby becoming more adroit and adept in these behaviors heightens your impact, increases your willingness to engage, and enables you to help others do the difficult work of navigating loss and change. These short audio casts are designed for the busy professional with limited bandwidth and significant responsibility, and for individuals with aspirations to make progress on complex challenges. Throughout this series, we'll start by introducing an essential leadership practice, explain its relevance, and then invite you to experiment with approaches to practice. All of these practices are distilled from the work of Cambridge Leadership Associates and the body of knowledge known as adaptive leadership. More to the point, these practices are observed in successful practitioners of leadership in every industry and sector with which we've worked. We're fortunate to have encountered extraordinary individuals breathing life into these ideas through their lived experience. You will find interconnectedness between these practices, and this is assuredly by design. Where another practice is referenced, you may wish to skip ahead or back to refresh your memory. Ultimately, making these practices come alive is up to you. But consider that there is no skill you currently possess that has come about without practice. Even the very act of learning to walk when we are young is an experiential process with many failed attempts and falls. Little by little, when we practice these leadership behaviors, we have an accretive, powerful impact on those around us. Our impact on the challenges and initiatives we care most about becomes transformative. But have heart. It takes time and commitment. The work of leadership is not one and done, but iterative, complex, sustained, and difficult. As we will discuss in other episodes, the real work of leadership is not for the faint of heart. Helping others navigate change, disruption, and a sense of loss requires enormous composure. Our real-world clients have worked on extraordinary initiatives, from changing corporate culture at large companies, to addressing systemic crises in production and supply chains, to advancing civil rights legislation, to impacting complex issues like global warming or the malnourishment of children in developing countries. Not simple tasks. In many cases, these initiatives have required whole teams, organizations, or populations to reconsider their values, explore new ways of being, and ultimately act in new ways that are disruptive or monumental. These adaptations are the cumulative process of collective decision-making, what old values, traditions, and behaviors are worth keeping, and what new values, behaviors, and approaches do we need to adopt. Ironically, behavior change in organizational life does not always require wholesale departure from current systems, practices, or approaches, but constitutes widespread micro-adjustments on the part of a multitude of stakeholders. Ultimately, leadership is about engaging and mobilizing others to do difficult work. What is the practice? The first practice we'll discuss is called holding steady. 
Holding steady is the ability to confront the energy, positive and negative, that comes from surfacing difficult issues and asking people to change behaviors. One of the best ways to think about this practice is to consider the behavior of an individual who does not hold steady. Perhaps a colleague or family member that gets flustered in the face of bad news or is highly reactive when things around them change. Thus, holding steady is the deliberate choice of containing your own energetic response to the vicissitudes of life, the ups and downs that threaten to derail progress. Consider the steadfast tree that withstands hurricane force winds. The tree bends, but it doesn't break, and after the storm, it stands as though it was never ruffled, where other trees in the forest have been uprooted. You might think of holding steady as both the conscious choice to hold steadfast in the face of changing winds, and the foundation, think the deep roots of trees, that anchor us to something more stable. Thus, holding steady involves choice and foundation. Thus, holding steady is a proactive and conscious response, and not an unconscious reaction. Ironically, senior executives with whom we have worked report this practice to be their ground zero of doing difficult change work. As one executive told me, quote, if I can't hold steady, how can I expect my team to hold steady? How can I survive the demands of my job? End quote. It's worth noting that the practice of holding steady is not about suppressing our emotions. Quite the contrary. Our emotions are an important early warning radar system. Instead, the practice of holding steady is the act of holding, or you might say containing, the thoughts, feelings, and frustrations that naturally surface when things get tough. Holding steady actually means that we may be feeling the enormous stress, anger, frustration, or sadness of the context we're in, but we're able to hold these emotions without being consumed by them. The metaphor of a water bottle here is appropriate. Imagine a hiker trekking into the desert for an afternoon. She carries with her a water bottle, holding life-giving hydration. The inability to hold steady would be like carrying your water supply in your bare hands, and discovering most of the water is spilled on the ground very quickly. Conversely, the same hiker treks into the desert for two weeks, and now one bottle full of water isn't sufficient. Several containers are required, and when they're all full, the weight, stress, or load in our packs increases substantially. Thus, growing our capacity to hold more tension, energy, or frustration on behalf of many people requires a bigger container, which, when full, can feel quite heavy but with greater capacity, we can endure and even thrive in challenging conditions. Think of it this way. If your metaphorical water bottle is quite large, you have capacity. It's not to say you'll always fill the bottle to the top, but you can, and you'll be able to carry the weight. This is holding steady. Why does holding steady matter? Holding steady is our first practice because of the enormous energetic demands of change management. By asking others to change their behavior or do difficult work or complex work for which there may be no clear solutions, we will frequently be in environments with shifting systemic pressures and will be asked to ignore, reject, accept, or tolerate behaviors that are unproductive or worse, counterproductive. You become the proverbial dam that holds the energetic floodwaters at bay. When we hold steady, even when the context is ambiguous, uncertain, or complex, two profound things happen. One, we allow others to anchor to our stability. We become a safe harbor for other wave-weary vessels. And two, holding steady allows us greater freedom of thought and action. In short, we become more effective practitioners of leadership. 
When we are practiced at holding steady, we proactively divert mental energy away from the problem and toward the solutions and movements that will create progress. Individuals that are consistently able to hold steady have a heavier keel, so to speak, as with a sailboat, and their metaphorical boats stay upright in shifting seas. Rather than spend our precious time and energy on riding a capsized ship, we can instead keep sailing, even in rough seas, and plot the coordinates for our voyage. Holding steady becomes foundational in our ability to navigate complex systems because we are less ruffled, and with practice, can turn our attention to the most meaningful data points and levers for change. Approaches to the practice of holding steady. No matter how well we can tolerate the stresses that confront us, there's always room to improve. The traditional approach to building this hold steady capacity under duress is the approach often used by military forces throughout the world, namely to subject trainees to high stress environments repeatedly and in so doing, normalize the stress load a soldier experiences. And while it is true that the trees clinging to the sides of hills in harsh environments are more resilient, simply subjecting oneself to stress for the sake of improving stress response is not the only way. As we've worked with executives to hold steady, the following five strategies are reported as highly effective. The first, engage in a committed practice of self-care. Self-care includes the basic but often overlooked demands of physical, mental, social, emotional, and spiritual health. Consider yourself as a professional athlete might. The professional athlete is cautious of overtraining, builds in rest days, obtains adequate sleep for recovery, and dials in nutrition and training with help. Self-care extends to the other markers of an integrated life too, the investment we make in quality relationships, our connection to a sense of purpose, and so on. In fact, self-care is so essential to a high-performance individual that many separate books, articles, and podcasts are available on the topic. The correlation between performance and self-care is undeniable. Failing to make time for exercise? Build in a daily routine. Not getting enough sleep? Change your bedtime routine. These simple, and yes, difficult, adjustments can dramatically boost your ability to hold steady. The second practice opportunity for strengthening our ability to hold steady is to inventory our common triggers. We can ask, what is it that commonly throws me into a reactive modality? I had a friend once that applied this in his marriage. After years of fighting with his spouse and working through therapy, he confided in me one day, you know, I discovered that I'm often triggered when I don't feel heard or listened to. The trigger event was often when my wife would inadvertently interrupt me during group conversations. Once I identified this, I was able to address those moments with my wife instead of shutting down. He went on to explain how he would share his triggers with his wife and how that helped resolve much of their unrest. When we do the difficult work of understanding our common triggers, we gain access to extraordinary self-knowledge. This self-knowledge gives us agency and choice in how we show up to difficult moments. Nobel laureate and Holocaust survivor Elie Wiesel attests to this powerful approach when he writes, quote, Between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom, end quote. Simply acknowledging we have a choice when the environment is full of energy or stimulus, we become intentional in our interaction with that stimulus. 
By understanding our most common triggers, we can shift from reaction toward productive response. The third way to practice holding steady is to get context. Get to the balcony. Remove yourself from the immediate situation to allow yourself the gap to survey the scene. Create the space necessary to see the current challenge on the context of the bigger picture. While often synonymous with self-care, understanding context could be as simple as walking in nature or gazing at the stars. Such moments have a way of reminding us that while our initiatives and challenges may be important, we can place these issues in the context of a much bigger picture. We'll speak more about getting to the balcony in a separate recording. The fourth way to strengthen our ability to hold steady is to anchor into our purpose, our reason for being, and our reason for doing our current work. When we're clear about the change we're asked to support or are motivated to affect, we stay rooted in the soil. We have clarity on the why of the bigger picture. Having clarity on purpose allows us to have conviction where others see only confusion. And lastly, strategy five is to identify your impulse to act and instead allow for silence. This may be the hardest strategy of all. We are so conditioned to doing, even our reward structures incentivize activity. But if you can identify the impulse to engage, your awareness of the present moment gives you the option to simply listen. When executives practice this, they are often amazed at the insights that surface from stakeholders who fill the void, or they are startled that silence actually increases productive tension and empowers others to engage in difficult work. An invitation to experiment. We'd like to invite you fully into the practice of holding steady. By engaging in some of the vital preparatory work detailed previously, practicing self-care, understanding your common triggers, getting to the balcony to see context, anchoring into your purpose, and identifying the impulse to act, you will find it much easier to stay engaged and to tolerate the pressures you face. If you're one to reflect through writing, we encourage you to explore the following questions with pen and paper. Alternately, you may find simply asking these questions will help you become more intentional when you encounter situations for which holding steady is useful. How does your sleep, fitness, and nutrition impact the way you show up to the work? How and where can you improve your self-care regimen? Based on the data you have from your professional and personal relationships, what are the common triggers that hijack your ability to respond and instead send you straight to reaction or action? Are there any patterns in these trigger events? What is the context? How might you gain perspective? What might creating an intentional gap between the problem and your next move look like? How important is progress here and what would solving it unlock? And lastly, what is your why? Why does this challenge matter to you? What about this challenge has meaning for you personally or professionally? Engaging in this self-reflective work is an iterative process and it's the groundwork that allows for movement from mere survival to actually thriving. Individuals that are masterful at holding steady are like coastal lighthouses protecting ships. Their light cuts through the fog, warns of danger, and provides direction. Holding steady feels to others like stillness in a place of wild kinetic motion. When you encounter storms in your practice of leadership, we encourage you to lean into those storms as an exciting opportunity to demonstrate a steadiness so needed by your team, partners, and allies. 
The practice of holding steady will allow you to inspire others and confront new challenges with clarity and resolve. We urge you to privately celebrate moments where you changed from reactivity to presence, where you became the lighthouse and not the unpredictable weather system. Welcome to the Leadership Gym, where practice and training create real results. Conclusion. In this episode, we discuss the practice of holding steady and why it is an anchor point for doing difficult change work. We highlighted five approaches to strengthen our practice, which include reflective work on our self-care regimen, an understanding of our triggers, an appreciation of both context and purpose, and resisting the urge to act. As we refine this and lean into the space of choice, the choice of our response, our intentions manifest a presence, calmness, and fortitude that is often the bedrock for staying the course. From all of us at CLA, thank you for tuning into this episode of the Leadership Practice Series. We hope you've gained some valuable insights and strategies to further develop your leadership skills. To learn more, you can find us on the web at cambridge-leadership.com.